Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Amen. Turn with us into the Old Testament this morning. We're going to be reading from the book of uh, Kings, Second Kings, chapter number 5, 2 Kings, chapter number 5. I want to obey the Lord. Seems like uh, ever since we got here this morning, there's been a a theme um, pressing on my heart, and I had in my mind that uh, God wanted something else, but He continues to send it this way. Thank you for singing that song. It was a just an encouragement to my soul that uh, God has a plan, and we need to be following that plan. Um, Now. You can't discount the presence of God when it comes to the gospel. Uh, It takes God, right? God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And so it is necessary in every way that the spirit of God be a part of the sharing of the gospel. And, And that's his responsibility, right? It's not ours. We can't make the spirit of God come or go or do anything we just need to be obedient to what the word of God has told us to do and then I believe God will do his part now I don't know your heart today but uh, we've got people that are in sin Uh, we have a world around us that needs to know that Jesus Christ can save, that he will save, and we need to be telling that story we need to be sharing that gospel we need to be letting our little light shine Um, 2 Kings chapter number 5, just going to read a few verses here. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. That's all I want to read. Father, we pray you'd open our heart to this truth. Uh, We realize, God, that we can do nothing but tell it. And we're praying that the Spirit of Christ would plant this in our heart. That as only you can, you would stir up our soul of obedience. That in receiving this truth, we might recognize the responsibility we have in taking it to all that we know. Help us to be, Lord, a part of what you use and a willing vessel God, for this very work, we need this help, God, for we recognize that they're perishing. They're perishing. They'll die without you. They're going to miss heaven if we don't share the gospel. Help us now as your servants to mind and to obey you in all of this. We pray a double portion of your spirit, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There are things in the world that declare God. Uh, The Apostle Paul shared it in the first chapter or two of Romans how clearly 
even those things that we're able to see, his creation, that there is a God. There are things that we experience in life that we can only attribute to the fact that there is a sovereign and a mighty hand. Now, you may look away and you may, you may be, be troubled by that thought that there is one that is sovereign and in control, that he is a mighty creator, that he is the very one that has given you breath. He is the one to whom there will be a reckoning with and you will be accountable to one day. If that bothers you, friend, it should bother you if you're unsaved. There ought to be something when we think about God that troubles the human spirit. There ought to be something about you and I when we contemplate those things that are higher than we are, those things that exist beyond our earthly minds and our earthly wills and our earthly thoughts, when we begin to contemplate those things that are eternal in nature and not temporary, it ought to bother the souls of men that there is a God out there. He's there. And he is the one that created you. And he is the one that each and every one of you will stand before and give an account. You won't stand with the pastor's support. You won't stand with your parents' support or your husband's support or your wife's support. You will stand before God alone and you'll give an account of your own sin, your own life. Everything that you've done according to the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 all, all that we have done, whether it's good or evil, will be judged on that great day. Oh, but to know him, to know him makes all the difference in the world. Hey, mammy, do you know him today? It makes all the difference in the world to know that Jesus Christ paid my sin debt and that I've been made a new creature through him. You see what happened to me. I, I try to tell everywhere I go and I try to let people know that, friend, it wasn't religion that got a hold of me. It wasn't some kind of doctrine or form uh, of godliness that maybe my parents imparted unto me. No, there was something got a hold of me one day that was of a God nature. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that brought me unto the light of Jesus Christ and I got changed that day. Thanks be unto God, I got changed that day. According to the word of God, I was made a new creature in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. I don't know what happened to you, but that's what happened to me. Amen. The things I once loved, I now hate. The things I once hated, I now loved. You say, preacher, I can't quit loving the things of this world. That's probably because you're still a part of it. Amen. You've never been brought out into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ, made a new creature, given a new nature. Amen. The blood of Christ flowing through your veins. Friend, that'll make a believer out of you. It'll change your life. Those things, friend, that you used to live in, you'll not find the joy in them no more. You won't find the peace you once found. You'll not find the satisfaction of heart, friend, that those old things used to do. When you get born again, you're made a new creature in Christ. Thanks be unto God that the old things are passed away. I'm glad, friend, that I'm a new creature in Christ today, but do you know what? My neighbors don't know about him. I've got people I work with that don't know about him. There are people, friend, that, that you go to school with or that you're around every day, and you know what? They don't know who Jesus Christ is. 
They may have some kind of head knowledge. They may have learned or, or, or even in passing the church every day as they drive to work, their minds have may have uh, contemplated that there may be something about this God. They don't understand it. They don't know what makes these people uh, go out to church on Sunday and then back on Sunday night. They don't understand what it is. A friend, you say, how will they ever know? According to the word of God, you and I have been given the responsibility to tell this world that they need a Savior and that Savior is Jesus Christ. We have that responsibility. Jesus himself gave it to them in the book of Acts. You can read about it. But what he said to them was to go into all the world to preach the gospel to every living creature, telling them of all the things that I've done. And friend, they did. The apostles went from that place and they spread out. God spread them out. And they ended up all over the face of the earth uh, preaching a gospel that was new to the world, but preaching a Christ that had come, the Son of God that made himself uh, the sinless price for you and me, uh, friend he gave himself and they went preaching it and turned the world upside down everywhere they went why everywhere that apostle Paul went they tried to kill him you know how come because he was turning it upside down with this gospel truth I want you to know today that the gospel is something that has power of itself it doesn't need you to give it the power aren't you glad of that It doesn't need you to come up with something that is uh, maybe creative or uh, compelling. It doesn't need you, uh, friend, to change it in any way, uh, to soften its effect, or to make it more appealing to an audience. No, the gospel today is the gospel. It is unchanging and forever settled. Uh, It is the word of God. And yet it abides in you and I today, and we have a responsibility to take it to the world and to let them know there is a better way. There is a Christ. Well, you may think it's strange then why we started in Second Kings chapter number 5. But I'll tell you right now, <laughs> oh, uh, old Naaman sure was happy to hear of that news that day. The Bible said that he is a good man. He's an honorable man. He's a valiant man. There's a lot of things about old Naaman that was everybody loved about him. He, he, was, a, he was a great leader, and, and certainly even his own house loved him. Even that little a slave girl that was stolen from Israel and brought to be his mistress's helper. Uh, even even she, I believe, loved him. For we hear that words when uh, she is taking care of Naaman's wife that day. And, and she said, I would to God that my Lord Naaman uh, could go down there to the prophet in Israel because he'd heal him. I'm telling you right now, if you've got leprosy, that's good news. Amen. That's good news to hear that there's a cure for it because there wasn't no cure back then. There wasn't anything you could do for a man that had leprosy except quarantining keep him covered up and away from their general population. May I say to you today that everybody's a sinner. There's lepers all around us and friend, paint, but one care for it. And I would to God I could get him to Jesus because what he did for me, he can do for you today. See, I got a message they need to hear. I've got a message they need to hear. Now, it ain't, it ain't often, friend, that people want to hear it. It's uncomfortable. But they're a leper. Amen. As much as the world may pat them on the back, Alfred, they're still a leper. 
As much as they may be loved by their husband or by their wife, as much as they may be cared for and thought of in their community, my friend, I'll tell you right now, they're still a leper. They still are a sinner in need of a Savior today. There ain't anybody out there. My friend, I don't care who they are. The Bible is already considered and counted us all as sinners in the eyes of God. There is none good, no, not one. And it's an unpopular message today. But if you're unsaved, you are a leper and you need a Savior today to help you. Oh, we need a Savior to set us free. We need somebody that can cure the incurable. And that's everybody around you, everybody out there that lives in sin. Oh, I love the boldness of this little maid. Don't you to think about this this morning? She wasn't much. <laughs> she was just a little girl. I don't know how old she was. I picture in my mind a teenager maybe. And, and she had been stolen from her home. Had every right maybe to be bitter. Had every right maybe to say, you know what? I don't care a thing for these people. I wish I was back at my home. But you know what? She didn't allow her circumstances uh, to bind the truth that abode in her heart. Uh, there was something that she had learned apparently along the way. There was a day in her life, amen, that she had come across the man of God, Elijah, and she had seen him. She had watched him work, probably seen one of the miracles that he did, and it changed her heart. It changed her mind, and she recognized that the power of God was in the man of God, Elijah, and when she seen that her master was a leper, she knew that she had a message to tell. Oh, that's good news. That's good news. Now, the world today, they're not as, they're not as excited to hear the news because so many of the world today have yet to recognize their leprosy. It's only when you recognize you can't get cured that you suddenly are happy to hear there is one. There's people... <laughs> This breaks my heart. There's people every day that we know we love them. You care for them. I know you do. But they don't care, do they? They don't care. They ain't got one concern that this very thing, it could end today. And they might stand before their creator undone and without God but friend until the Holy Ghost of God reveals unto them that they're a leper, that they're a sinner, and they're without hope in this world. They'll never start looking for a physician until they get sick. We need a moving of the hand of God today in this life. We need a moving in this church. We need a moving of God's spirit in this community. That'll bring men and women to the truth that they're sick and they need a savior today. Because when they get sick, friend, they'll go to listening for somebody. They'll go to looking for somebody to tell them. Tell them where they can go to find a remedy. Oh, to God, I pray that they'd get and become, as the Old Testament said, where their beds get too hard and their covers get too short, that they'd realize that they are lost without God. And we need the Spirit of God to get people lost today. Oh, they ain't no lost people no more. That's the problem. That's part of the problem with church attendance. Ain't nobody sick. Boy, that's a lie, ain't it? Probably every one of us in here got some kind of ailment spiritually. 
we got something wrong with us spiritually that needs to be dealt with. Some of you have been hiding it. Some of you have been covering it up. Some of you have been taking them old sores that God has put his hand on and said, this is infectious. This is going to kill you if you don't get it right. And you've covered it up. And you said it ain't there. And you've hid it from your neighbor. And you're trying your best to say that you're right with God. And you ain't, ain't, you ain't been right. And God is trying to help you today. But you'll have to want a physician to get him I got some good news for you today. But it's starting with the bad. <laughs> See, it ain't good news till you got some bad. Amen. It's all about the perspective, you see. Let me be real simple right now. You're going to hell. <laughs> it ain't a question of whether you will be condemned. According to the word of God, you're condemned. <laughs> huh? The Bible said that you're condemned already in your sins and trespasses. It ain't a question of your eternity, friend. That has already been predetermined. If you die without God, you're going to hell. You're going to die without God one day. I'll tell you right now, that reality came to me one day. That came to me one day. I was nine years old. I didn't even know I was sick. I didn't even know I was wrong. I didn't even know anything about God. But I'll tell you right now, that night in 1976, the Holy Ghost of God moved in on that back bench and it troubled that little boy's soul. And I recognized I was a sinner. I was a leper. And there wasn't but one that I could go to to get some help. Thank God he cured me of leprosy. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. I ain't ever got. <laughs> they put old Barabbas by the road. Every day somebody lead old Barabbas out there. The Bible said they put him by the wayside. That meant the place where everybody traveled. And there old Barabbas hid bag for all. He, he could hear, but he couldn't see. Amen. There was something wrong with him that he couldn't fix. The Bible said that he's blind from birth. <laughs> You've been a sinner, friend, since you was born. You didn't have to earn sinner, a sinner status the day you came from your mother's womb. A friend, you was a sinner. And friend, that they ain't ever been anybody a saint until God got a hold of them. You was a sinner then, and you're a sinner now. I say it, friend, with all the compassion I can because I was too. I'm saying right now that I know where you're at. I've been there and I know somebody that can help you today. He can help you. They put old Lazarus by the wayside begging. Oh, but there was one day. There's one day. I'm a strange fella. I know it. But my little mind, I imagine things. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask about some of them. I want to get old Babasius. Amen. Maybe after a million years and we've, we've, we've slowed down just a hair around the throne, I want to sit by old Rabbis, a Barabbas and say, hey, tell me what day it was. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I bet he remembered every detail, everything that happened. I bet he'd tell you what he had for breakfast. I bet everything about that a great occurrence, friend, that event in his life. Uh, you say, tell me, Barabbas, how, uh, not Barabbas, uh, tell me how did it start? And you know, what you're going to find out you're going to find out a friend that he said somebody told me he was coming 
Bartimaeus, thank you. How in the world did old Bartimaeus know? <laughs> How did he know? Somebody told him. Somebody told him. And you see, the thing about Bartimaeus was that he knew he was blind. He understood the predicament he was in and that there wasn't nobody around him could help him. And yet when somebody said somebody different was coming, hey man, it wasn't the, it wasn't the priest, it wasn't the Levites, it wasn't any of them. No, somebody said the old Bartimaeus, said the healer's coming, here he comes. He's getting close, old Bartimaeus recognized. That's the news I've been waiting on. That's what I've been waiting to hear. And he cried out and he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Yeah, they run over there and they said, hush, hush up. Don't bother him. Don't bother the Lord. Hush up. And the Bible said he cried out the louder. Amen. He couldn't see where he was. I believe his eyes was open, but he couldn't, he couldn't figure out. He, he just kept a crying out. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I know you're the healer. Amen. I want you to know for him, you're lost and blind to this thing this morning. But when God opens up your heart to it, you'll cry out to him. It's just good news. It's just good news. Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus got some good news that day. Forever changed him. You know what you find? Bible said his cries stopped Jesus. Hey, you sick? Spiritually, you need something from God? Your faith will stop him today. He'll stop right there at your house. And he'll deal with you. He'll help you. He'll take whatever's wrong with you and he'll help you. Oh, poor old Naomi had got down there in that God-forsaken country of Moab. She'd gone down with her husband and two boys to sojourn. That means just for a little while. They had gone down there. They wasn't planning to stay. They were just going to hang out until the, till the famine was over in Bethlehem. But you know how that works, don't you? When you leave the house of God, when you leave the house of bread, I'm telling you right now, I know how it ends up for them. I know what happens. You may intend for your sin and your state of rebellion against God to only be a little while. You may intend to sojourn, but what you'll find that happened to Naomi I was that they didn't sojourn. They dwelt there. And there are people dwelling in sin today. They didn't intend uh, to stay there long. They didn't intend to miss more than one or two services. They didn't intend to lay their Bible down. Uh, They didn't intend to quit praying. But they're in that place today. And they're away from God. They're alienated uh, from the fellowship of God's Holy Spirit. But I got good news for you today there's somewhere you can go and find bread Naomi lost her husband first her husband died and both of her sons got married married a couple of more Moabitish women and the Bible said they died too now here's a woman that went down there with everything and found herself with nothing. Does that sound familiar? Anybody read the story about the prodigal? Same story, just different place. Same thing. 
You reckon we got prodigals today? Yes, sir, they're everywhere. People that didn't intend to get out in sin. They didn't intend to be indifferent toward God. They didn't intend for their soul to be out of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. But I'll tell you right now, that's where they're at today. How come? Because they didn't sojourn. They decided to just stay a while. They decided they'd just stay right there. They'd just dwell there. And old Naomi found out there's a price tag for sin. May I tell you today that the law of harvest is still real. Amen. The Bible said that whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For if a man sows to the flesh, he shall of the flesh reap corruption. But if he'll sow to the Spirit, he'll reap of the Spirit everlasting life. You say, preacher, I don't like that kind of preaching. I'll tell you right now, it's good news to somebody that knows they're in sin and is trying to get out of it. It's good news when the devil has taken everything you've got and left you broken and abandoned to know that there's still bread in the house of God. That's good news. I don't care who you are. Your neighbors need to hear that. They need to know Hey, he's still bred in the house of God. Oh, you just go back. Just go back. The Bible said in Ruth chapter number one, that's what happened to Naomi. There she was bereft of her husband and both of her sons. And all she had left was a couple of Moabitish women, uh, good daughters-in-law. But you know what? There was somebody come through Moab one day. Hey, man, you know what? It doesn't even say who it was. Hey, I like that. It never did tell me the name of that little maid either. You reckon the name of the person matters? Uh-uh. It, the message. That's what matters. <laughs> you know what that means? You may have it. It may be. <laughs> I love that, don't you? Hey, you mean he knew something like me? Yep. Yep. Don't even have to tell nobody about it. Nobody has to know your name. Nobody has to see your credentials. Nobody has to know anything except you cared enough to love them and tell them the good news. I'll tell you, say, preacher, how do I know when somebody needs the good news? Well, you ever met a blind man? You figured it out pretty quick, didn't you? He couldn't see. You ever met a leper? You figured it out pretty quick. He had a problem that he couldn't fix. I'll tell you right now, the problem ain't alien to you and I. We've been blind. We've been a leper and we've been to the healer and brother we know what to tell him today you don't have to have a doctorate in theology to be able to tell you tell somebody that's sick hey I went to a doctor to most of us that makes sense I had something I couldn't heal but I heard of somebody that could and when I went to them they healed me of my sickness. <clears throat> you say, wait just a minute. That's a little too simple. That's the gospel. <laughs> Whoo! That's all. <laughs> Somebody just had to tell me. Thank God for somebody <laughs> that told me. Yeah. Somebody came through Moab that day. I, in my mind's eye, <laughs> Naomi had lost everything she had. 
as she was in the market trying to buy a little food to take back home and somebody come around and said, hey, you, your language leads me to believe that you're from Israel. Yeah, she said, really? How long you been here? Well, we meant to sojourn, but it's been 10 years. Well, he said, did you know that there ain't a famine in Bethlehem no more? Has anybody told you? Well, no, she said. I hadn't heard. He said, yeah, there's plenty of bread. Plenty of bread in Bethlehem. Naomi went home right then. She looked at them daughters-in-law of hers, and she said, I'm leaving. So where are you going? I'm going home. I thought it was bad at home. No, no, it was me that was bad. Home's always been good. And I hear there's plenty of bread back there. I'm going home. Lord, I'd like to preach that one for some more. Well, we know what happened. Oh, Naomi sat out, and both of them was a following her. She stopped. She said, hey, don't follow me. You go back to your own home. Go back to your father and your mother's house. I ain't got no more sons for you. Go on back to your father and mother's house. I can't give you what you need, what you're looking for. I can't help you. The Bible said, oh, Orpah. One of them went to her mother-in-law and kissed her. I got to preach a message on that a year or so ago. She kissed the very gates of heaven. And she went to hell. That's how close some get to the answer. She kissed her mother-in-law and turned and went back to Moab. As far as we know, she died without God. But Ruth... Ruth fell down, wrapped her arms around her leg. She said, oh, entreat me not to leave thee. No, nor to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I'll go. And wherever you lodge, I'll lodge. I love this. And she said, and you're God. That's what happened to me. She said, and your God will be my God. She said, and where you die, there will I be buried. And the Lord do so to me. And more off, if aught but death part thee in me. You know what they needed? They just needed some good news. They just needed somebody to be honest enough to look them in the eye and say, why, there's plenty of bread in Bethlehem. I don't know what you're thinking. Yeah, you may have been running from God for the last 10 years, but I don't know what you're thinking you can still find plenty to eat at his house. You just need to go back. You just need to go back. little good news. The Bible said that old Nathaniel sitting under a tree thinking. He didn't have no idea what was going on. 
But the next thing he knowed that while he was sitting there thinking, here comes Philip running. Old Philip was running, and he was looking for nothing. I love that, don't you? He was looking for him. You know who he's trying to find? He's trying to find his friend. How come? Because his friend needs to know something that he knew. His friend didn't know what he now knew. And old Philip was running. He was trying to find his friend. You know what, Larry? The best friend I ever had would be the one that told me Jesus loved me. The best friend you've ever had has been the one to look you square in the eye, son, and say, you're wrong. You're living wrong. But Jesus can fix it. That's the best friend you'll have. Is the one that will tell you the truth about your sin and your lifestyle. But in the same sense will point you back to the house of bread. And say but there's plenty at home if you'll just go back. Old Philip he slid in there where Nathaniel was. And he said we found him. Old Nathaniel said what are you talking about? He said we have found the Christ. Who, he said, Jesus of Nazareth. Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I like what old Philip told him. He said, come and see. You say, preacher, I don't know how to get my neighbor to hear my invitation. Well, it's just three words. Come and see. If the Holy Ghost don't bid them come, they won't come anyhow. You don't have to worry about that. That's, that's his work. You know, what, you know what he's expecting you to do? Those three little words. He's expecting you to look them in the eye and say, come and see. When we as youngins, we used to do it like this. I dare you. Right? Now you, you, you tried to figure out how to do whatever you got dared to do, even if it meant life or limb. And the Lord help you if they said, I double dog dare you. <laughs> then you had to do it. No, you just need to look at them and say, Come and see. That ain't a hard message, is it? As a matter of fact, I'd say you good, highly educated folks to leave here today, and every one of you remember it for you before the day was over, you'd still be able to remember the message. Come and see. That's all we're asking. What Jesus said to them was this. Come and get a song. Goodness gracious, there's a whole lot more to preach, but I'll just stop right here. What Jesus said to them was he said, I want you to go out and to bid them that were invited to come for the supper's ready. And they did. The servants went out and they did what they were told to do. Now, I'm not positive that all of us are doing what we've been told to do. But they did. They went out and everybody that was invited, they began to make excuse. Different excuses, but they were all just excuses of why they couldn't come to the master's house. They came back told the master, said, we've invited them all, but they've had excuse. Upset him. He said, well, you go out then. And he said, I want you to find every blind 
and every halt, every poor, every maimed person that you can find, every unfortunate soul that you can get to, I want you to compel them to come to my house for my supper is ready and I want them to come. And they did. They did. I said, I love that part, right? They did what he said to do. Now, they weren't responsible for the reactions of those that they bid come. What they were responsible for was the message, the invitation to come. And you see, you and I have been given that treasure, that truth. And all he's asking us to do is to tell them that they've been invited They come back. The Bible said that they told the master, they said, we've done what you said. We've went out and we got all the halt and the blind and the lame and the the sick and the poor. He said, we've got every one of them we could get. And he said, they've all come. And the master looked and he said, but there's still room. Ain't you glad? Thank you. Thank you, God, there's still room. (laughs) See, I couldn't preach if there wasn't still room. Oh, bless his (laughs) name. But I can preach today. Because with all authority, I can say to you, there's still room. There's still room. There's still room for you. There's still room. And he told them servants, he said, you go back out. And he said, this time, he said, I want you to search the highways and the hedges. And he said, this time, he said, you compel whoever you find to come to my table. That my house might be full. It's not a hard message. You've made it hard. You've listened to the devil who told you, you can't tell that message. You're not a preacher. You're not a deacon. You're not studying. Hey, I thought about this for a preacher. I thought about getting every one of you to say, come and see. And that, right? And you'd have the message. But you got the message. You can say that. I know you can. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the message within you. And those people around you that know they need Christ will hear it. Now, there'll be plenty that'll say, I got stuff to do. I can't fix them. Never could, never will be able to fix them. But there'll be some that'll have woke up that day recognizing they can't see. That they're a leper that they're a sinner alienated from God and on their way to hell. And when they wake up that day, they'll hear that message. See, you probably didn't even know they could hear. You didn't know they'd be any different than the last one that said, maybe. And they're going to look at you and say, I'll be there. I'm going to come. 
<laughs> well, I got to tell this. What's <laughs> good to be saved? Last year in revival at Harmony, Coy Adams had told us the night before, he said, hey, he said, I want you to help me pray. He said, there's a man that's lived in our community. He said, he's, he's one of the biggest drug traffickers. He said, I don't know all the stuff that he's done. He said, but I know he's mean. And he said, uh, he's wanted. And he's mixed up in stuff that he can't get out of. He said, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him to come. I'd prayed for that revival, something specific. And I'd asked the Lord to see something I'd never seen done before. And he did. That same night, he did, he did that very thing for me. Before the church service ever started, Big William walked in the door. He's a mountain of a man. And we was already back in the prayer room. And somebody stuck their head in and said, some giant man just run to the altar. We all run out there and fell on the altar and old Big William got saved. The biggest drug dealer in Graham County. That was him. He got born again. Told old Corey, I said, what'd you tell him? He said, just come and see. <laughs> Biggest drug, I'm telling you the truth. That's what William told me himself. Biggest drug dealer in, in Graham County. Trafficked it, hauled it, did it. And all the stuff that goes along with it. But he got saved before the church service ever started. That's something I'd never seen before. We had one saved during the service. And then when the service was closed, there's one come after and got saved after the service. I just had to say, thank you, Lord. That's something I ain't never seen. One saved before, one saved during, and one saved after. Because it ain't so much about the message or the messenger. It's about really the one that it came from. Because when he touches your heart, and see, that's what I never know. I don't know who's sitting here this morning, right now, that woke up blind. Day's first day, they knowed it. But they're blind and they know it. They're lost and they know it. They're going to hell and now they know it. And so I never know when I give an invitation to who it will be for. But that ain't what he charged me with. What he charged me to do was to tell him what I know. And I'm going to tell you, I was once blind. But now I see. Let me know what I'm talking about. I can tell you what I know. I may not be a theologian, may not be able to explain it all, but I can tell you for absolute sure one day, I got so lost that it felt like the flames of that place were on my heels. But I heard him say, come. 
And I don't know how long it took. Couldn't have been more than five or ten minutes as I made my way around and through and ultimately ended up on the altar. And I really believe I got saved as I was headed there. <laughs> ah, bless his name. <laughs> Come and see. That's all I can tell you. You sick? I was too. He healed me. He healed me. Well, old Naaman got down there and Elijah didn't even come out. He sent his messenger out. <laughs> Ain't that just like, he sent his messenger out. That's still what's happening today. God's still using his messenger to speak to your heart and give you an invitation to come. And you're the messenger. I'm the messenger. We're all the messenger. He sent his messenger out. Ogahazi went out there and he said, he said, go Jordan, dip seven times. Oh, Naaman waiting for what else? He said, that's it. Just go to Jordan, dip seven times. He said, are there not better rivers than Jordan? The muddy Jordan, is there not somewhere better? There's, there's rivers we pass to get to Jordan. And he said, all I know is to tell you the message. Go to Jordan and dip seven times and you'll be made whole. Naaman got mad. He's going to leave. And his servant said, Master, if he'd have asked you some hard thing, wouldn't you have done it? Wouldn't you have done it? He ain't asking anything hard. He's just telling you to go to Jordan. Isaiah said it like this. I don't know why I'm carrying on. But Isaiah said, come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they can be made white as wool. Though they be red like crimson, they can be made white as snow. Let's reason. They said, be reasonable, Master. If he'd asked you something hard, you'd have, did it. you'd have tried to do it. All he said was to go to Jordan. And so he did. And he went to Jordan, and he dipped one, two, three, four, five, six, got all the way up to six. No change. Can't do part of the message. You got to do it all. You got to go all in, or you won't get saved. But when he went in that seventh time, and he dropped himself down below the water's surface, when he came back up, the Bible said his skin was like a baby's. Pure. Perfect. <laughs> Thank God for some of that little girl. Thank God for that little girl. You ever wonder what he's saying heading back? Thank God for that little girl. Thank God for that little girl that told me how I could get healed. We've got a message to tell. Stand with us this morning. If you'd like to get saved, maybe God's speaking to you this morning. Come and see. He'll save you right now. He'll help you if He's calling you. Friend, He'll make you a new creature if you'll let Him today, would you? But maybe you're here this morning and you're You're a Christian that ain't been doing what the Master has said to do. You ain't been telling your neighbor 
to come and see, to know Christ. You've not been sharing the good news. Listen, we're out of time, friends. We have got to take the gospel message to our people. It's our responsibility as we sing. If you want to pray today, come. Come to Christ.